Welcome to the Fearless and Successful Podcast, brought to you by Coach D. That is me, and it is designed for changemakers just like you. I am an international success and business coach, and I love, love, love supporting you on your journey to ultimate health, happiness, and freedom. I obsess on all things mindset mastery and business strategy that allow you to design the life on your own terms. This podcast will be led through my three P's, productivity, purpose, and profit, and I will do my best to bring you the industry leaders on these topics, and I am also going to provide you with solo episodes where I'm going to talk about these three P's. If you are ready to dream big, plan for success, and impact the world, let's get this party started. Uh, where are you guys tuning in from? Because you are in for a treat. I don't know if we, in which season you are right now, but you guys, I have a special guest, Jason Cutter, today, today and we're going to be talking about sales, authenticity, and persuasion. Not necessarily in this order, but Jason, welcome. So great to have you. Thank you. And uh, I, I love how you started this with the delay and the universe wanted this to happen. Maybe some people were going to be late too, and now they can be on time or, you know, we just had to go through that and, uh, you know, kick us off in a different mode. So here we are. I'm excited. Yeah. This is going to be fun. So fun. So much fun. And this is the, the, I think that, you know, you kicked off with the right word. I love F-bombs and one of my favorites is fun. Um, <laughs> so, um, and I want to start with just like asking you, where are you tuning in from and what is a fun fact where you are at what's the fun fact about your place <laughs> uh so for me i am in california about an hour north of san francisco so in the states um i am kind of halfway between napa sonoma wine country people are familiar with and the coast so in between those um Fun fact. I don't know. I feel like there's not much fun facts right now because we've been locked down since March of last year with the virus, uh, other than a couple of brief short periods. Uh, fun fact right now, though, the weather is perfect, unseasonably nice. It's beautiful outside and uh, definitely enjoy this time of year in this area for sure. Oh, so beautiful. Yes, California, I think that's like my dream location that I want to travel. But just because people, I think people are so positive. Like my Cali people are so fun. And just you, you have this different vibe. Is that yeah. what I'm picking up? <laughs> yes. For, for, for sure. I mean, there's, you know, there's there's some pressures and things like that because it is a, a more expensive state. But once you're here and you appreciate it, I mean, it's uh it's, it's definitely a nice place to be. And, you know, the more south you go, the sunnier it is, the more pleasant people seem, you know, just soaking up the sun for sure. Yeah, super cool. And, you know, at this time, this point in our live, I'm just going to give you a proper introduction for people who are just joining us. So I have Jason Cutter from California, who is a CEO of Cutter Consulting Group. He's an author, a podcaster, and sees himself as a sales success architect for companies and individuals. Even though he didn't have a sales upbringing or background, 
uh, his bachelor's degree is in marine biology. He knows what it takes to be successful in sales. And his first book, Selling with Authentic Persuasion, Transform from Order Taker to Quote Breaker, is focused on helping anyone in a sales professional. How cool is that? Like you guys, you have to give him a credit because this bio is just like so authentic and so fresh and original so kudos for you for you, to you for bringing like really fresh perspective into bio <laughs> well thank you for that i appreciate it creative writing isn't always my strong skill i kind of comes to me um but after also being a podcast host for almost two years uh and then being a guest it's like okay what what kind of is succinct what sounds good what actually helps people you know realize what we're going to talk about, or maybe not talk about, who knows? It's up to you. So, so you reveal something that is really like common to my to to me as well. Like I'm better uh, speaker than a writer. I just obviously like English is not even my native language, but I just love to speak. Like that's my jam, and I feel that people, especially the, the these live talk show, like I just want to you know, be quirky, be funny, be crazy, and people can feel the energy, and the people can really. Um, see whether you are faking it or you are just real and, and authentic, right? Do you, do you have the same uh, experience? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and it's one of those things when I'm writing, I write like I think and like I talk and it's just me. I mean, it's tough to be the the guy who wrote the book about authentic persuasion and then like be fake and phony when I write or too stuffy or not myself. Uh, and my editor who helps me with a lot of things, he knows my voice, but he also knows how to make it at least somewhat grammatically correct. English is my primary language, but I'm still not good at it. Like I'm still figuring it out, uh, especially when I write. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's times where you're just talking and you get in the flow and some good stuff comes out. I find that works really well too in conversations, not myself, like just the camera, but you and I, I mean, whatever comes out today, I'm sure it's gonna be some, some good stuff. So cool. I would just want to, to, to tell because I'm in a, in a process of finishing my book, book and publishing. Bless all those editors. <laughs> yes. Mine's going crazy with me, with me. So just, I want to give them a shout out. You're doing an amazing job. Uh, who is Jason? Like, so who is Jason? Like, tell us like um, in nitty gritty. So you're working in a sales, but what is like the, the core of your business, the core of your consulting um, business? So historically, what I've focused on is every, anything to have to do with a sales operation, sales team, or an organization who either has one or wants a sales operation. Um, I spent a long time in companies running sales teams and marketing, building up those processes. And for me, what I do is I help companies with getting the results they want, selling more deals, and then also creating scalability where if they hire more people and they do more marketing, they'll get more results. Um, a lot of sales teams, they don't have processes. They don't have systems. Sometimes they don't have scripts, compensation plans. Uh, they don't have marketing. They hope that if they hire really good salespeople, that will just fix it and do it for them um, instead of being able to build something. And for me, I'm more focused on how do I get somebody who wants to be successful in sales, but maybe isn't the world's best salesperson? How do I give them the tools and the support to help them achieve better results, right? Um, with what's around them than they're doing currently, instead of trying to fill a, a, a company with superstars, which just doesn't work and it's not scalable. Um, so that's what I focus on. And uh, for me, I've done that for so long and worked with so many different organizations. Kind of what led to me writing the book is that 
there's just fundamentals. It doesn't matter what you're selling, how you're selling it. Like there's just some fundamental things you have, you have to do to be successful in sales, like in the conversation. And then also mindset, yours, understanding the prospect, what they're dealing with and how to overcome that. Um, and then fundamentally, the thing is, is I was raised uh, not liking salespeople. My parents, my mom especially hated salespeople. Um, and so I grew up in an anti-sales household and, um, everyone has that kind of experience where before you even get into sales, you've bought from people afterwards, it just feels gross. Like you feel manipulated or you have buyer's remorse, just feels bad. And, um, so I do a lot to help people sell and be effective without crossing that line, right. Without being that person that makes other people feel bad just so they can win. Oh, so cool. And I love the story. And I can definitely resonate with that. Like my parents also hated like salespeople. And I think uh, back in the days was also like, you know, the people who were door to door selling and I was like, oh, uh-huh. no, just close the door. Yeah, exactly. So it was like, no, 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 but not. And I got this. I think that you know, when you're a child and you see kind of this blueprint and prints on you, how do you go about it? Like from having that experience where literally your household, your, your nearest, your role models are like, no. And then to, I am so excited about selling. Well, and that I, I used to not share much of my past because I felt like my path was really windy and I didn't make a straight, you know, some people, there's a kid, they go to school, they get a degree, they get a career, they're doing that. Like there's that blueprint, which I didn't follow. I don't think most people follow anymore anyway, but that's what I thought in my mind. Um, so, and I share that past because there's a lot of people who do what I do and they've been selling for a long time. They were a kid, they were selling to other people. They love sales. They went to, you know, they, they've been doing sales for so long versus me. Like I was the anti-sales, awkward, shy, bullied as a kid, only child. Um, what happened to me? What did I do? And how did I get here? Well, instead of dealing with people, cause I didn't really like people when I was growing up, I got a degree in marine biology. I tagged sharks for a few years. Uh, and then I ended up at my Microsoft doing tech support for a couple of years, realizing that wasn't for me. And then at 27 years old, I fell into a sales role, but it was helping people buy houses. At the time, it didn't take any sales. The housing market was going crazy in the States. And so literally an order taker, like you didn't have to do anything to do well in that sales role. I didn't learn anything about sales until later on, years later, when I actually started helping people who were in trouble, keep them, help them from losing their house then I started to learn sales. And one thing I realized is nobody from that point forward, no one has ever taught me sales. I've never joined a company where they said, okay, we're going to put you through two weeks of sales training. Say this, do this. Here's how you handle it. I've, I've ever since my first kind of sales role, which was on my own, every company that hired me thought I knew what I was doing. So they put me in charge and made me build all the training and sales process. So I kind of had to learn it with everybody else. Um, and just what I developed was if you do it right and it's a play, uh, act of service and you're helping people from that place inside of you, then it's not that gross sales process. It's something you have to do. It's actually your duty and responsibility to help people. Um, so I just kind of shifted. I didn't even realize it till I started writing the book and I looked backwards and I went, oh, that's what I've been doing and helping all of these people and all of these companies do. I'm like, okay, now that makes sense. And then literally from there, the book came through and then more of my structure of what I do. 
Mm, that goes like I got the download success leaves clues right when you go like <laughs> back and you and you like you go okay so oh that happened and building that, those systems but what I feel is really really cool you got from the this um, experience and got from this place of not loving sales or being surrounded with people who are not loving sales to a person you know what I'm gonna change this I'm gonna be someone who will teach and inspire and, and guide and train people how to love sales, right? Yeah, and both for them so they can be successful, but also, which is my goal as well, is to change it from the customer point of view so that customers and people of the world are not hesitant or afraid of dealing with salespeople because it's the truth. Oh, I mean, there's some people who enjoy dealing with a salesperson because they like the battle. Maybe they're very confrontational. So they love going like here in the States, they love going to a car dealership and like battling somebody like that's fun mm -hmm. for them because they mm -hmm. like that barter and haggle. Most people don't. Most people fear having to talk to somebody who might sell them something more than they want. And I am focused on shifting that where people see it as a profession. Like when you go to the doctor, you're not like, oh man, I'm worried this doctor is going to sell me some surgeries I don't need. No, I have a problem. This doctor is going to help me because they're a professional. They took a test. They're certified. There's you know, legal entities around it. Sales is just the wild west, right? Anything goes. So, so if, if we are just like, I, I'm, I'm going to be now Disney uh, visionary type of, uh, <laughs> you will change the world by yep. having in any per, every person that's going to buy something, especially now when we are buying online, most of the things, even food, like it's going to be, mm -hmm. yes, the, the person who is selling me this didn't double cross me. Mm-hmm. Right. So the person who is buying will be, yes, this was such a great purchase. And it, it's a win-win, win-win um, situation for both of us. Yeah. Where after you buy something, you feel and know that it was the right thing, that what that person helped you buy, what they sold you, whatever phrase you want to use, um, it was the right thing that you needed and will help you get to where you want to go, right? Either mm. away from pain, maybe out of trouble or towards some goal that you have, whatever it is. Now, you, you, there's still buyer's remorse. There's still be some regret because your mind is going to play tricks on you and say, oh, you shouldn't have done that. But if it was still the long-term, the best solution, and you can you feel good about it, that's the key. Versus when we've all done it, where we go to buy something, walk out a while later, we bought more or different than we thought or should have, and now we feel bad about it, right? Like it was a oh, mistake. Yes. yes, 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 yes. More more power to, to you and to people like who are doing that. So you you got into the, the, the point of where I really want to dive deep. And you said like, we are taking people from the pain or we are taking them towards the pleasure, right? So we have magic pills or vitamins. Uh, <laughs> right. What would you say like, these are the fundamentals? You mentioned fundamentals also in your book. So what would you say, like, give us a little bit a teaser in your book. What are these fundamentals to take people you know away from the pain or towards pleasure what are the fundamentals for everyone who is joining our call and listening now and saying look i don't know how i actually can get people to that place <laughs> where they are just oh i'm excited to take this person from a to b um, without uh, being icky 
Yeah, I, I love that. And before I dive into it, because I love that question and I'm excited to share, I mean, anything I can do to share this. Um, one thing to always keep in mind too, and I know that you know this as well, is like the the self-awareness and the internal and the mindset part is super important first. So what I'm going to share here is on the strategy tactical side, like how, you know, those sales success fundamentals, which there's five of them. Um, always keep in mind though, if you're watching this or listening to this, it's like sharing any strategy. If I say, okay, say this one thing and you'll close more sales. If you don't have the mindset, the beliefs, the practice, the empathy, the heart, like everything behind it, it won't do any good. Just like if you were to go on a basketball court and LeBron James is like, here, just do this with a basketball. If you have no other skills before that, it's wasted. Like you literally won't know what to do with it. Um, okay. So, cause I always like, people always want to know the trick and it's like, well, there's no trick. You've got to have these other things in place. So, which I know so that, you know, good. um, oh my goodness. So, and I want to stop you here because this is like, and yeah. I want to, and person who I am addressing this, uh, right now, he will probably be live at some point or join us or listen, you know, you know, who, who you are, but listen to this carefully, but because it's literally what we talked about today on our call, like, listen, there is no tricks, but it's like, you know, when you get this piece, I know what you're going to say. Um, please, like this is so, so important, you guys. If you don't listen to me, like listen to Jason, he knows his stuff. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And that's why I wrote the book the way I did, which is it's authentic persuasion. So the first section is the authenticity piece, which is your, you, you got to figure out you. And then the persuasion part just layers on top of that. And then that's super easy. Like uh, it's, to me, it's easy once you figure it out. But um, okay, so the, the five sales success fundamentals are rapport, empathy, trust, hope, and urgency. Again, rapport, mm. empathy, trust, hope, urgency. Uh, I came up with that 10 years ago. Um, I've never got it to spell anything better than ref you. Uh, I've tried changing the words, but it, it, those words are so perfect. You just can't mess with it. So it's ref you, it's the sales success fundamentals. Uh, it'll, it sticks in your head, but it doesn't make any sense. So going through those real quick. So the first thing is rapport, right? People want to buy from people they know, like, and trust. That's what Bob Berg says. The first part is they have to like you at some level. Now, some salespeople can get away with it without building rapport. Maybe if they own the market, they have something so amazing. People are just begging to buy and they don't have to like you. Maybe, right? Like if you go into a store and you're like, I don't like this person I'm buying from, but I really want this, maybe the new iPhone. I don't, I think you're a jerk, but I want the phone, then I'll buy it anyway, right? But for most people, you have to have some level of rapport. And then the second part is empathy. And the empathy, really what that includes is sharing that you care about the other person. And here's what that encompasses and includes is actually the asking questions and discovery part and then listening to the answers. So one of the fascinating things in every sales process, if you wanna be successful is you have to ask questions and ask lots of questions. And when you do that, you actually show the other person that you care. Like it, this conversation, for example, you're asking me lots of questions. Even before we hit record, you were asking me questions. Like, I know you're curious and I feel like you care about this topic. I feel like you care about listening and what I have to share and care about your audience because you want to pull these things out. You didn't say that. You didn't say, hey, I really care about you, Jason. And I really want to make sure you're successful. No, you just ask questions, right? And it yeah. comes across because you're listening and then you're responding and engaging and active listening. And so, but that helps. People have to know that you care about them before they want to buy from you generally and before they'll trust you. 
but again, you can't tell them to care about you. The way you do it is you show them and you just ask questions. Well, amazingly enough, if you just ask questions and then shut up and listen, right? Two ears, one mouth. Um, people will think that you're the most amazing, caring, interesting person in the world, even if you don't say a single thing. Where salespeople get it wrong is they instantly start the conversation with their monologues, with their sales pitch, with their features and benefits, with their brochure dumping information. And people feel like you're just selling them instead of caring about them as a person. Um, so that's that part right there. And then when you do those things, when you build rapport and you have a, a level of empathy where they feel like you care and it resonates through and you've uncovered what they're looking for, that actually equals trust. You don't even have to build the trust. It just equals the trust. And then you can tell them what you do. Then you explain that the trust building is the social proof. It's the, the, the monologues. It's the elevator pitch. Um, and then the, ho the hope part, which is important, is, is so key because what you're doing is okay, you've told me this thing, you have this problem or you have this goal, here's the hope, I have the solution. If you do, if you don't, that's fine. But if you do, I know what you want and here's why for you, not for me. And then the urgency is now, because if you don't, people put their head back in the sand and you'll never talk to them again. This is so like, this is basics. But sometimes like people really, and I, I just want the empathy part. I think this is huge. Because if you don't, I'm just going to be blunt right now here. You guys, you know me. And I apologize, Jason, if you are not used to my, my F-bombs. But I'm just no, gonna, if I you don't it. give If you don't give fucks, people won't give fucks. Like, that's how it is. Like, <laughs> it is like that. So if you don't care, why should I care, right? And I think that's uh, what I see with people is most of the time, I do care only about the number. And it's not about that. Like what you are saying to me right now is like, I do care for your transformation. I do care for your results. Um, I have a, something that will help you. This is what I care. Can I get you to that place? If not, I'm going to find someone else, you know, um, who can fix your problem. That is maybe something different that I'm fixing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that empathy phase is so important because what you're looking for is what is it that they need or want? And do you have the solution for it? Yes. And if you do, then it's your job to keep moving forward. If it's not, you know, give them some advice, send them, you know, connect them with something else, you know, send them on their way and then move on. Um, but that's what you're looking for. And then making it all about them, because here's the fundamental thing. Nobody cares about you, right? Yeah. Everyone only cares about themselves right? Like if you're selling something, nobody cares. Nobody cares about you, your story, your logos, your trophies, your awards. Nobody cares. Like they might say they do. And you know, it, we all kind of care, but at the end of the day, we don't, we only care about ourselves. Um, so you got to make it all about the other person. And that's not what traditional sales does. Traditional sales is all about me and how amazing I am. And then, you know, pushing you forward in a transaction. This is so fun because we were on a call, we had a workshop and there were like people who really love um, a coach, um, very famous coach. And there were like these gang of people who are just like, yes, this is my guru. I love this person. I asked them, so what is the, what are the brand colors of this person? And they were like, I don't know. <laughs> and they were like, all like, you know, they're staring at him at the God. And everyone says like, branding is so important. Like you need to know the logo. That's like, I need to build a website. People need to know me. People need to know my colors. And when I asked them, do you know the, the person's color? No. <laughs> but 
was so yeah. funny. Like, you know, it, it doesn't matter. What matters, do you care, right? And do you have the thing that, that matters for the person that you're talking to? Oh, this is so good. I think like the, the, this, is, this is so plain and simple, but sometimes yet <laughs> like people tend to overcomplicate. And if we talk about, if we talk to now specific, I, I didn't ask you that, about specific people on in the market right now in the online space that are selling like coaches consultants uh online uh creators um course creators or maybe authors um what would you say that is preventing them to actually you know stop overthinking that thing and really you know go through this simple framework yeah. Uh, and that's one audience. I, I, when I wrote the book, I wasn't focused on that group, right? Let's say that solopreneur, coach, consultant, whatever, that individual who they want to do their craft, right? They want to do coaching. They want to do training. They want to do speaking, even personal trainer at the, at the gym, right? That's what they want to do. They want to help people with that thing. Unfortunately, there's this gross thing called sales in between uh, where they are and having those clients. Um, and it's interesting working with that market more and more. I think one of the biggest things that gets in their way is they don't fully embrace and believe the value that they have in that transformation for their clients, Boom. right? Boom. And one of the things that I always you know, teach salespeople to do and focus on is what is the worst case scenario? What would be the worst outcome for an individual if you didn't help them? Right now, and you keep in mind, like after I left the, the real estate mortgage world, you know, of helping people get financing to buy houses, I helped people avoid foreclosure and losing their houses. And what I saw really quickly, which was a great benefit to me long-term is that if I was not successful in persuading them to take action that they needed to do, that was like the best thing for them to do, it meant the share of the police were gonna come and kick them out of their house and they were gonna be officially homeless. Like that's pretty bad, right? Versus like, I'm trying to sell you some marketing and then maybe if you don't buy it, like who cares? Like there's a real bad outcome. But if you think about what you're selling, your coaching, consulting, and if somebody needs it, absolutely needs it, and then they don't buy from you and you can't help them, what could be the worst case scenario? Their own business goes out, uh, uh, you know, they go out of business, maybe financial problems, relationship problems. I mean, pretty much everything could end up in homeless and alone, like under a bridge. Um, and then you take it much more serious when you, when you look at it like that. Mm, I love this perspective. I, I, I know, like I always say, you know, solve real problems <laughs> because if you are not solving the real problems, like, you know, and, and it can be like losing your house, you know, uh, being unhealthy, whatever, you know, I deal with coaches and consultants. So it's always like, you know, health, um, you know, happiness, whatever that is. These are the things that mm -hmm. people are trying to sell. But the worst thing it, or the worst problem is that they don't know how to package this that it feels tangible for their people you know if I said I'm a business coach and I help you 10x your sales like that's pretty tangible you are yes. at 1k I'm gonna help you to get to 10k that's really but when it comes to like these people who are kind of uh, we have more and more these people who have self-transformation that it's intangible um, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that these are not a real problem, but how would you, how, what would we say to these people? 
Well, and I, I think <clears throat> if it helps too, like uh, what's interesting for me is I've only ever sold services. So I've never sold mm -hmm. an actual product. In fact, mm -hmm. I fantasize sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, I fantasize sometimes of actually selling a product. Like if I were to sell refrigerators, it would be so easy for me, like a tangible product versus a service, like what we're talking about. Um, and I, I think the key is, is that people know how they feel now. Let's say that person who's helping somebody from a mindset, emotional happiness standpoint, how do you feel now? What would the future feel like? What would that be like if you were happy? What was it like in a time in your life when you were happy? Can you connect that? Would you know what that would be like if you had it? What would that feel like? What would your life be like? What would you be doing? That's the conversation with that prospective customer. Okay, mm. great. Now we know what that would be like. Weight is easy because it's like, I either weigh this or I can fit into these pants or I can't. Um, with that mindset, it's like, okay, what would a number 10 relationship with your significant other look like? What would that include? What kind of things would you do? How would it feel? How would you rate that? Okay, that's our goal. Here's where we are now. And then there's this thing that everyone agrees on. And that's really the goal, right? It's like, what's the expectation? What do we agree on? What does success look like? And then, you know, we'll get there, but how will we know when we get there once we're there? Uh, again, like going back to that care and empathy and asking the right questions, right? Mm -hmm. So, so that's good. It. Oh, the and that's it really. I mean, and that's the thing I tell a lot of salespeople, they want to run through everything. They don't want to spend much time in questions. Either they're afraid of asking questions and somebody like saying, stop asking me questions because they know what that feels like as a customer and that feels gross. Um, or they think they already assume and know everything. Of course, everyone's going to want to be happy. Of course, everyone's going to want to be in better shape. So they just don't ask questions because they already know the answer. Like, of course, everyone's going to want this. If possible, spend the majority of your conversations in the question phase. Don't be in a rush. Nothing else matters. Because once you uncover enough stuff, the rest of it's easy. Okay, based on what you told me, you want a number 10 relationship with your significant other. Here's how we're going to get there. Here's what it's going to feel like. Uh, and to me, it seems like the best thing to do is start as soon as possible. Um, any questions on that? Like, Because once I know, and they know, and it hits them in the head, then the rest of it is just, let's just go together, right? Um, and the other model, I really, this is what shakes a lot of people out of kind of being stuck in a sales role is imagine a doc. Can I share a story real quick? Uh, like yeah. a, an example about the doctor. Yeah. Okay. So here's what happens for most people in sales that are order takers, right? An order taker being someone who's hoping somebody buys, they're not really not much strategy, mostly from fear. And they're really nice, usually good rapport and relationships, but not actually like moving people for. So imagine you go to the, the emergency room, right? So you break your arm, you go into the emergency room, the doctor does what they're supposed to do. They do the x-rays, they do the exam, they ask you some questions, they get their report and they say, okay, your arm is broken. Um, and what you need, to, what we need to do is we need to fix it. We need to re-break it. We need to put a cast on it. Um, uh, here's my business card. I'm going to send you an email. If you have any questions, let me know. I'll follow up with you next week. If this is something you're interested in, I'm sure you have to talk to like your significant other, um, you know, check with them and see if you have the money. Oh, by the way, if you decide to do this before the end of the month, I'm doing a discount where I'm doing a special promo where it's 20% off um, on arm surgeries and, um, you know, fixing arms. So just let me know. And um, yeah, I'll send you an email and then uh, I'll follow up with you next week right? Like you're laughing. That would be so ridiculous. That would be absolutely ridiculous. And you'd be sitting there be like, 
No, no, no. I'm Guy, here. do you, I'm, you don't I, want I, to fix my arm? <laughs> what, what is this garbage? Like, I came here for help. I thought you were a professional. I wanted help, right? And of course, we're laughing because that's not what happens. Like, no doctor would do that for very long because they would be kicked out of the business, right? So what happens when you go to the doctor? with a broken arm in the emergency room, they do their test, they ask questions, they do the x-ray, they get their report, your arm is broken, we need to re-break it, we need to put a cast on it, this is gonna hurt, but then we'll give you some medicine and some painkillers, it'll feel better in about six weeks, we'll see you again. Any questions before we get started? No? Okay, hold on, here we go, and we'll get you out of here as soon as possible. Ah, they know what the problem is, they've identified it, and they check with you, make sure it's okay, but they're also not gonna let you get, if they let you walk out of there with that broken arm, they failed you and their prof professional oath, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so first, when you have that attitude, then you're, you're, it's a totally different game. So this, this is the nugget, you guys. And I think this is a, a beautiful wrap. Like one, do what you love doing and really make sure that you're obsessed by helping people like because doctors are pretty much obsessed with what they're doing like be a doctor mm -hmm. and also ask people to fill a form like i think that when you go to a doctor it's always like <laughs> like ask questions like you guys it's so simple and i think that after hearing jason about this like really awesome you know um framework which is I, I wrote so many like so many notes for us to um so many great notes like this is I've been in sales for 17 years but this is so good because it's so you know when you hear from such a fresh perspective and from someone who is really like um authentic in a way like I think the 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 question part really hits me because a lot of people don't get that and they get it wrong because it's about me I already know what you need and I'm going to sell it to you, right? Mm -hmm. um, and this is where we all, including myself, we go wrong. Mm -hmm. Don't assume. No, well, that's one of the biggest problems for someone who's, especially if you've been in sales for a long time or you started your business and you know your business really well and you know who it helps and you've been doing it for, even if it's a year or two, then you just assume you know because you have the solution for everybody right? Like imagine you go into the ER for a broken arm and the only doctor available is a heart surgeon. And then it doesn't care about your arm and just thinks you need heart surgery. Uh, your arm is broke. We'll take care of that. But uh, I think everyone should have heart surgery. It's like, mm -hmm. well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe that's not the best solution. Right. Um, so, so I love so that. I, I love your point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also at this point, like, I just want to be like, so this is something where I am at this point of my business where, you know, I had this offer that is signature offer it's been selling on autopilot, but we decided to kind of a, a change a business model and go into the masterminds and all this good stuff. I, I spend 12 calls just on a market research like 12 calls with people just to get to know who my ideal client is, just to know what, what are their problems. And I was like, boom, I was mind blown that what came out as who, what is the silver lining um, with all the people? What, what are the common problems that my people have that I want to serve? And it's like, I'm so excited about this. Like, this is a new offer, you know, but I'm so excited because I know that I can help people. And being yeah. obsessed and like really, and, and I'm going to get like, I booked 50 call, sales calls because I want to get the right people into this mastermind. It's not just, you know, anyone, but it's really the one that's going to make a difference.
um, how I feel and how they feel and how, what uh, trick what effect they're going to be doing in their business and, and you know in other people's lives so I think that's huge um, be a doctor fill a form <laughs> so I think um, super 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 cool and awesome uh, was there anything that I forgot to ask uh, that you <laughs> would like uh, <laughs> this is what I want to say <laughs> No, no. I mean, I think that's that's great overview of a couple main parts that really help people shift, uh, and is you know is a great beginning to getting out of that order taker mode, but then also not crossing the line into that manipulator mode and finding that spot in the middle, which is the authentic persuasion sales professional mode, where it's your duty and responsibility to help people that you can. Mm, so cool and this we are in my favorite part where I ask all of my guests um when in your life or in your business you felt um you know what this feels so so scary but you did it anyway <laughs> um and now you're like yes I did it and I'm so grateful for that I don't know I want to say every day but um <laughs> you know when I started my consulting business a little over two years ago. Um, I knew I wanted to do it. I knew I wanted to build it. I even went to school, got my MBA to give me more of the business side to fill in with what I knew practically. Um, but I hadn't planned on doing it when I did. Uh, the company I was at closed and it was like, okay, now what do I do? All right, let's go into consulting. And so I started it with no clients, uh, no revenue, no idea what I was going to do other than what I've been doing for, you know, internal in companies. Um, and that was pretty scary. That was a, that was a, a long faith filled beginning months of doing it and knowing, and I was writing the book. I started my podcast with no clients. I was just like, I have this thing and I need to get it out there. And then I know it will happen. Um, and then it did. And, uh, yeah, that was definitely the, that, that was definitely the hardest part to go through. So having faith, I think that this is a beautiful example of everything that we entrepreneurs are doing. Like, you know, rejection is part of the process and there is no, I, I, I watched a Goldcast video today and there was a lady who just some beauty contest and she said, don't be afraid of failure, but be terrified of regret. Um, yep. And it's so beautiful because I think that most of us, most of people who are entrepreneurs, business owners, just starting out, we are afraid of that rejection, even in sales, like go for a no, because you're going to learn the lesson that you need. And next time there's going to be a yes. Yeah. And you will never be a hundred percent in what you do in a sales asking for the business or going after the business, it'll never be hundred percent. If you're amazing at it, maybe 50%. I think some people close higher, but that's probably because there's a lot of lead up and it's a very warm lead. But depending on what you're doing, if you're 10, 20% successful in closing sales on conversations, that's amazing, which means you're getting punched in the face 80, 90 times with rejection and you're a superstar. So just get used to that, right? Like, okay. Uh, it's just, it's the game. You just gotta, you gotta take it and not take it personal unless it is personal, unless you're not doing a good job and you just got to work on your skills. Yeah. So that, that's one point also to have in like in mind, know your numbers, 
You know, if you say, I don't, I'm not getting any sales, any sales, but if you had two calls and you don't get any sales, like just up the sales calls, you know, you're going to get yeah. them, um, you know, and 10, 20% is industry standard uh, where we are right now in coaching and consulting and online space. Um, and yeah, just have grace. <laughs> you people, you yes. know, know your numbers. If, if it's really, really important to, to know that. Um, where can people find you? What is one platform? So we're going to put all the <laughs> different links, but what is one platform that you really enjoy and you have fun on it? So I have historically been on link LinkedIn. So I post a of lot course. of stuff there because it's more business focused. It's interesting because I've been actually getting more into Instagram and sharing more on there. I don't necessarily spend much time on there, but I like sharing. It's kind of a fun medium. So I'm doing that. Um, and then the best place, if anyone wants to find me one single easy place, jasoncutter.com is a hub for everything I have going on from book to podcast, to social media, to workshops, to coaching, um, jasoncutter.com, super easy. We're going to link all these stuff, uh, Jason Cutter. And please, you guys, um, I really want you to grab Jason's book, Selling with Authentic Persuasion. And you're going to find it at jasoncutter.com. Um, but to wrap this up, are there any other nuggets that you want to leave us? Like, what is the message that you want to just give it out there to our viewers and listeners? I feel like the nuggets, we just need to do a part two and then have everyone come back for that. But I, I think the biggest thing, and I alluded to this when you asked about the, the sales success fundamentals, those five things, um, is that it really all starts with self-awareness. Who are you? What are your strengths, your talents, your abilities, your experiences? What makes you special and unique? And then, you know, what value can you give to other people? How can you help other people um, figure that out and your fears, your strengths, you know, that the intersection of all of that, and then go all in on, on that, on you, instead of trying to be someone else or copy someone else's model or, okay, somebody else coaches this way. So I have to do it. Like, just, just be you and play your game. And the more you do that, the happier you're going to be. Ah. Yeah, I, I think we need to do the part two because this is huge. And knowing yours and knowing myself, like this is the key. I think this is so good. Um, is there any like special resource or, or um, you know, I, I'm, I'm obsessed with personality tests. I love them, like all of them. Is there any like assessment that you recommend to dive deep and to say, oh, you can dive deep into who you are? Um, you know, it's tough because there's lots of different ones. I think the disc test can be good, especially if you have like somebody who can walk you through it. Um, there's a woman, Kristen Sherry. She has a thing called UMAP, which is really mm. amazing. Um, yeah. It's specifically designed to help people looking for a job, but you can use it for any walk of life. Um, so the UMAP is amazing. I think the Enneagram is super powerful because I've gotten into that recently. And that What's one is your really Enneagram? Cool. What's yours? Uh, I think I think I'm a five. Okay, so. cool. I'm seven. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm. I know a little bit about it. I haven't like got any official coaching. I've taken some tests, so uh, five resonates with me really well. So I think that's good. And then also, I'll tell you this other hidden one. This is what I tell even managers and leaders and business owners: the five love languages is huge. If you're oh. not familiar with it and you don't know your five love languages, figure that out and figure it out for everyone around you, significant others, parents, kids. Um, if you're at a company and you have a team, figure out everybody's and speak 
everybody's love language. Uh, it'll make like that by itself will usually fix a lot of things. That's such a great way to end this show so because go. I didn't tell you my fun fact and it's actually, I speak seven languages, but my like like i really obsess on the language of love and gratitude so i just want to say thank you, you for being here and you know guys grab the book um and even five love languages uh, because i think it's mm -hmm. such a great resource um thank you so much jason for for joining me and sharing some really awesome tools that are going to help you know here in this area and beyond you are welcome. Thanks for having me. This was super fun. You, uh, you came up with a lot of good questions, kept me on my toes. So that was good. Appreciate <laughs> Perfect. it. Perfect. Ciao. Speak soon. Bye. Thank you so much, Fearless Soul, for taking the time to jump in today and listen to this episode. I know your time is the most valuable asset, so I don't take this lightly. As a sign of appreciation, I would love to give you free access to my 21 day mindset mastery and business strategy program all you need to do is take a screenshot of this episode and tag me in eg stories until next time dreamer Mwah.